0: Recap part of pastoring out loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. This last week was a sermon on prayer, going up on the sermon on the word from the week before. Dave, you chose Matthew six and Matthew four from the week before. Just how did you come to that? Was that were you like were you attracted to the idea of going through how Jesus um, you know confronts Satan with the word? And then the natural extension was, hey, a couple chapters later, is this? Or was it kind of the inverse? You thought about the Lord's Prayer and then worked your way backwards?
1: Uh, I think just thought about them together. Yeah. Uh, and I think we just been in Zephaniah. Before that, we had been uh, in Ephesians. And so it just seemed like a good thing to be in the Gospels, too, Man. for a couple weeks.
0: Well, you said like... Uh, this kind of humble version of Jesus,
1: earthy Jesus, Earth,
0: well, well <laughs> humble uh, yeah. as a baby, yes, exalted in revelation right. in between is yep. Yep. earthy, earthy Jesus, Yep, earthly, earthly, Jesus. earthly, earthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Stacy reflections on the sermon, things that were interesting, things you disagreed with and didn't feel the, you know, the ability the boldness to just speak out in the middle of the <clears> service. <throat> and you want to take Dave task at right now. Hmm. I don't disagree I've with got, the
1: Lord's prayer. I've got none of that, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a podcast um, I might walk away from. <laughs> is I thought it was great. Uh, again, like last week, I think it's good to take a, at least one sermon out of the year and focus on prayer. Um, do you think that all of our prayers should be modeled after the Lord's prayer? Uh, sure and no yeah I mean, I think I mean, if the concepts are we want God's glory, we want to know that we're praying to our Father, we want his, you know we want his purposes to come to pass, and we want his help, and that way, I can't really imagine a prayer that won't include you know one of those elements, all of those elements in another way, I don't think that what Jesus meant was walk yourself through this formula every day you know i think there's lots of lots of ways to pray the bible you know there's lots of prayers in the bible that we can pray but i'm assuming that as he said you know pray like this he just meant here's you know the kind of mindset and the kind of heart and the kind of categories that are you're going to need you know over and over again as you try to follow me is that answering your question yep great don't want to take me to task. <laughs> no, so. I I grew up Lutheran where we yeah. would recite this. I don't want to say recite it. I mean we had it memorized. Yeah. But it did get to be a bit rote, but I do like praying it together as a church. Yeah too. Yeah. I enjoyed that on Sunday.
0: Yeah. So we did that before your sermon. And um when we do it, you know, and Consistently with kind of church history, we add the part where it says, Redine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, which the ESV doesn't put in, it just has it as a footnote. So do you just want to talk a little bit about what's going on there?
1: Sure. Yeah, there's, there is a disagreement, you know, with various manuscripts about if that is in the original. It is attested throughout a lot of church history, meaning that a lot of, church history has people reciting that together, which is compelling to me. And I would say the strongest manuscripts do not have it attested. Um, And so the way I thought about it was just that I I think as far as like the concept of it, that he has all the power and the glory, it seems like that concept is, is pretty well covered with hallowed be thy name. Um, that he's, he needs to receive all the glory, all that revolves around him. I tend to think that it likely wasn't in the original manuscripts, but I don't think it's a wrong or bad thing to recite uh, with most of church history, especially because I'm just not sure we can be sure. There are good manuscripts that have it, and, or better manuscripts, I should mm-hmm. say, that have it. And so I feel kind of 50-50 on it. And so we recited it all together, which yeah. I think is good and right. I think the concept is obviously true and good and right. I think the church has done that, and then there are some good manuscripts that don't have it. So I just I didn't because we recited it earlier, and the concepts felt overlapping enough that I didn't feel like I was losing anything mm-hmm. uh, there by not reciting it or by not uh, preaching on it. And I I wanted to leave time at the end for us to actually pray, and didn't want to spend you know three or four minutes doing this right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just a wisdom call.
0: Good. yeah and there are other portions of scripture that have that similar kind of thing like the woman caught in adultery in John 7 and maybe yeah. some others yep I think what's encouraging is that for all of these textual variants there's no major like doctrines that are compromised or even really minor doctrines uh, they attest to you know what a portion of the church has thought was part of the canon and you know for that is the kingdom and the power and the glory is like used elsewhere in scripture yeah so. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Do you think that it's a real condition, Dave? That if we do not forgive, that we will not be forgiven.
1: Oh, like the couple of verses after this prayer? Yeah. Yes.
0: What? Can you talk a little bit uh, more about that? Because it says, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Yep. You know, and then the interpretation thereafter. Like, so explain that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, what I would say is it's a it's a real condition, and I would view it similarly to how I view like some of the warning passages in the New Testament. That what it's speaking to is that hearts that have been truly forgiven um, by the Lord will certainly be those hearts that will want to extend that forgiveness towards others. So there's you know there's a parable about that about the unforgiving servant. And so I kind of take it along those lines. Um, so I think that that that's how I take it as a warning. If you find in yourself a heart that is regularly, repeatedly unforgiving, you know, then likely you are not forgiven. Um, I think that that's, that's the paradigm that (laughs)
0: indicative of the kind of heart.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's how I take it. What about you guys? Would you take it the same way? I think similarly, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's tough to tell because a lot of it just has to do with, like, um, a lot of it simply points to the reality that God is very sovereign. He very much understands the beginning from the end in all things, and we are finite. And therefore, all we can really do is say, like, you know, from our limited perspective— you know, if we are not going to forgive others, we won't be forgiven. But God knows where our hearts are. It's goes to like the warning passages in Hebrews 6 or Hebrews 10. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, it's impossible to be redeemed if you do X, Y. But I trust better things of you. Yep. That you have, you know, souls that belong to salvation.
1: Yeah,
0: Like you are saved. You're, you know, uh, we're going to fall back and be destroyed. But we're not of those that fall back and are right. destroyed in right. Hebrews 10. We're those who, there's something, a quality... It presses on and our souls are saved. So this is a doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, which I think includes how do saints persevere? They persevere in forgiveness Yeah. Uh, Yeah. when when, uh, that comes up. Anything else about the text specifically or applications thereof? Anyone here? Anything else that you would want to say, Dave, about the text or applications thereof if you had had another 10 minutes?
1: I don't think so. I I mean, I, I think it's a pretty... It's pretty simple and profound, and I think that's probably the point, you know, and that we could, I think it's pretty easy for Apollos, you know, to understand what this means and what Jesus is getting after, and, you know, 50 years from now, he'll still be mining the depths of it and seeking to live it out, so it feels like one of those passages to me that you just, super simple and really, really profound, too, at
0: the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, Dave, thanks for preaching. This next week we begin The Apocalypse, St. Apocalypse St. John. of St. John. The Apocalypse of St. John. Looking forward to that. Thanks, guys.